Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Elm Park Rails podcast. My name is uh, Paul Mann and I will be joined this week by Neil, also known as Mostly Bobbins. Hello Neil. Good evening. Good to have you back on the show. Thanks so what did you think of just a quick chat about last night? We'll get into more detail about that in a bit. Uh, what a surprise, basically. Um, I think we all expected after Fulham a bit of a backlash. Uh, in most regards, really, um, the way we threw away the result, uh, how the team was going to face up to Villa, if we had a, a chance of losing it against Villa, which we did last season, so it wasn't within the realms of fantasy. Um, and then when we see the team sheet with not a striker among them, that was a surprise too. Um, so everything about last night was just... <laughs> fantasy again really it's one of Yepstam's favourite things to do is to just chuck a team sheet down and everyone works out what's going on that is a good yeah I like that way he manages to do that he manages to say I remember Brendan Rodgers used to have the old tombola and every week you'd turn up and you think oh, what's it going to be this week and then you'd find Scott Davis suddenly making his debut yeah, yeah. and you, you weren't quite sure and he'd drop some senior players like Eva Ringham Martin for no reason or say Jimmy Kebe couldn't play at home yeah. You were never quite sure. But one thing that I knew that was going to happen before I went to the game last night, that John Terry was going to get abuse throughout the whole game. Safe to say. <laughs> and that actually happened. That, so, that isn't a shock at all, That was really. not a shock at all. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's fair to say that he's passed his best. Yeah, he, he doesn't look as if he's a player that really wants to be involved with championship football. I can't say I blame him if you've been at the level he's been at. I watched him a fair bit and it didn't look like he was invigorating the Villa players. It didn't look like they were that, uh, how can you say, bouncing off his um, presence and raising their game. It just looked as if he had dropped to the level of their mediocrity, really. Sorry, Villa fans, if I knew you were listening. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> low level. Pretty low um, level. He just didn't look bothered. He didn't no. look bothered. And, you know, at times Barrow had the ball and you think he's going to close him down. And he didn't. Um, he did one or two things decent in possession, but nothing that any more that a good centre-half in the Championship could do. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you didn't know that was John Terry, you would have wondered, you know, where this guy had come from. Has he played Championship football before, and is he any good? You you wouldn't know that he had the credentials behind him that that he has. No, you definitely wouldn't. No, yeah, no. Let's move on from enough filler chat. We don't need to talk about that too much anymore. <laughs> so quickly, we'll go through the Fulham match. Um, I was at that game. Neil wasn't, but he's obviously seen the uh, highlights. He has availability of uh, Wi-Fi and TV. Which sadly, so, uh, <laughs> so sadly, uh, he did see the Vanderberg uh, incident, which we're going to a bit. I will go into a bit more in a minute. The first half, there was obviously the sending off, and I thought the sending off was. I thought the setting off was a bit harsh. I'm not sure if that was a definite goal-scoring opportunity. I'm not going to use that one that everyone says last man because that actually isn't a rule. There's always a debate of where it is on the field, isn't it? It's mm. like, okay, he was the last guy. He was probably going to have a goal-scoring opportunity, so the ref obviously bases his decision on that. Um, of course, we'll lap it up if it happens within 30 seconds of a game, but you've got to capitalise upon it, haven't you? And 
again, it doesn't look like we performed that well against ten men, as you say. I wasn't there, thankfully, um, to see it. But you know, I was keeping an eye on things, and as half time ticked along, still no score. You just thought it's always going to be tight. We're not going to turn them over. They're too organised for them, as we've seen in many games against them. They know how to, how to organise themselves and. Against 10 men, it, it, it's not that much different than putting 11 behind the ball, really. It's just another wall that you've got to break down. It just became more uh, more difficult to break them down because Fulham are a decent team, obviously. They're going to be right up there yeah, at the end sure. of the season. Callas obviously will not be uh, looking forward to ever returning to Medeski. I think it's a place that he particularly uh, regrets that it was ever built. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, the handball last season. Yeah, exactly. The handball last season, which was debatable because uh, we possibly that. handled it before. But, you know, we move on from that one. That was, uh, we take that one again. But... No, I think it was a little bit lucky. And even through the game, the referee, I thought he could have definitely booked more. And Thiago, much earlier in the, in the game, I thought Thiago needed to calm down a bit. He's definitely a talented player. He's got the touch. He can read the game. He's quick. Defensively, he's not scared of a tackle. But he was a little bit hot-headed through that, hot-headed through that match. And I was a little bit concerned he was going to do something reckless in the kind of similar mode to Vanderberg. Yeah. Which is a little bit of a worry. Mm. Kind of, I don't know whether that influenced the Appstown decision later in the match against Fulham to perhaps not play him. I don't know. Who knows? But that was a little bit of a worry. We also then had uh, Joseph Mendes playing up front for us. And Joseph Mendes will give you 100%. He has been injured. I will, I will say that. That would definitely affect him. But... I don't think he makes the right movements. I don't think he's... I just don't think he understands. What the, I don't think he's at the right level. I think we're slightly too good for him, basically. And if we had all our players strikers fit, he would automatically be third choice. And you're assuming and hoping that we sign another one. So then he'd be down to fourth choice. I think by the, by the virtue of the fact that we we as fans... Uh, almost dismiss him really because we know we're after two strikers we all think we want we need two more strikers and then you kind of forget well we've already got two albeit they're injured at the moment that are ahead of Mendes if they're picked in by Vance and, and Kevin so if we did get two say we've got a Luke, a Luke on Oliveira Dreamland um, then he'd be fifth and you almost forget that he's wow, there yeah. Uh, so you know when he didn't surface for uh, last night's fixture, which we'll come to later, you kind of think, well, I see what Stan was trying to do here. But even if he did, you know, start, you're kind of thinking, well, what's he going to do today that's any different than than he's done before? We've we've seen him at Gillingham, and he had a poor game against a League One side. Yeah. How is he going to shine? What you know? What what magic buttons can you press? You can't. You know, a player is pretty much defined at, at this level. You can only train them so much. And there's, there's lesser players that we've, we've got rid of quite happily this summer. And I don't think he was that close to the trapdoor either, barring the injuries that we've got. No, no. I think obviously people who are listening will say, well, he played well at Villa last season. He scored the goal at Burton. But... Um... I, I'm not convinced, but I'm always happy when a player proves me totally wrong. Um, if he's down to the fifth-choice striker, at least it means that Sandra Visor have some company. So, um, 
That would be nice for him. I think that might be... A bit of satire there, Paul. A bit of satire. <laughs> I think that would be really nice for him. <laughs> so the first half, I think, was... The, the tempo was too slow. It wasn't terrible. We, we, we were still getting a few chances. Um, Fulham were very organised, as you would expect. They're, they're no mugs. And I think in the second half, we straight away, we came out had a much quicker tempo. Liam Kelly was pushed much further up. He then went on and scored another good goal and came from a Barrow cross. He's had a good game as well. And Mendes did hold the ball up, so I give him credit where credit is due. And he passed it off nice and simple. Nothing amazing about it, but he, he did the job. And then uh, we should have, could have possibly had a second goal, but we never really convinced. And then we sat off, and this is what slightly worries me about Stam's mentality is he tried to preserve the game where it was rather than actually push on slightly. And we've seen over the last year or so and a bit with him managing, we never really looked until perhaps last night, even without a striker, that we're going to score a lot of goals. He's more of a, OK, yeah. I'll stick with it. Even in the playoff final, that game was there for the taking. But both teams as well, not just us, just sat and wait. And numerous times last season, we sat when we had a 1-0 lead. Mm. And we, I'm not saying we got away with it because we didn't, but that's a high-risk strategy mm. when you've actually got the ability to perhaps score more. It's a fine line. Yeah, you can either go for the jugular and you know hopefully get that second or third goal. But it can bite you on the bottom, as, as we, we found out numerous times, where you sit and sit and sit. Uh, or for teams like Fulham, who have who've got you know blistering pace, they can catch you on the break. And as it proved, you know you can a singular mistake from a player can be fatal at this level. Um, isn't there's no hiding place at times. So yeah, as you say, it's, it's fine line between really stamping your authority on the game and thinking right, we've got one, we can easily get another one. We're just going to keep pushing and and sitting back and just you know hoping you can soak things up. It's it's such a trust thing where you think your defence is, is, is good enough to hold out and no matter what changes you make. And a lot of times we can do that, but there's plenty of other times we've also been obliterated as well, even when we haven't gone ahead. Um, so we know there's there's still those frailties there. You just If you're waiting <clears throat> on the 1-0 lead or a one-goal lead, not necessarily 1-0, obviously, you're vulnerable to any mistakes. And it not, it's not just you. You're vulnerable to a mistake from the referee. And yeah. this, these are humans. They do make mistakes over a period of 46 games. And you just just hope that one of the things that Sam talked about earlier, before the season started, was a slight change of style of play. Mm. Now, we saw that last night, slightly. Definitely, we were pushing much further up. on Villa were atrocious, but... That's what I want to see. And if we were to get the other players in and obviously get the other players fit, you would hope that would be. But getting back to the, the uh, Fulham match, that Vanderberg substitution worried me straight away. And that is with not hindsight. I was sat there and I was sat there with my dad and I said, this, just don't bring him on. This has got all the hallmarks of a Vanderberg moment. He's a much better starter than he is a sub. Yes. Just simply because, I mean... And as with most subs, you've got to attune to the pace of the game, and it, it's it's not a skill that you know comes to to all players. Um, 
and, and as you say, when, when Joey comes on, you can know within a couple of minutes if he's going to settle okay or it's just going to cause a calamity somewhere. And yeah, you kind of look at it back again and you think that's just such a basic thing. To is, avoid. It, is it switching off? Is it switching off by not just him though, but I think it was Blackett, Vanderberg, and Gunter. All switched off at the same time. It's a it's a hive mind thing, isn't it? It, mm. it happens quite a lot in it in in various modes of the game. If everyone's you know having having a confident time, everyone's on the ball, they're taking first touches, and they're all finding their man. But as soon as something negative happens, it happened last night, which we'll come to later on. But once there's a little bit of uncertainty creeps in, then everyone gets it like a virus. And I don't know if that's just because we only watch Reading and that's all we see or whether it's, it happens an awful lot at this level where um, mistakes can lead to very simple goals being given away, I'm not sure. But yeah, jo Joey has that in him uh, and Blackett has that in him as well. Um, but as we said before in other podcasts, that's that's why they're at Reading and they're not at Burnley. <laughs> Burnley, oh, the glamour. The glamour club. You picked oh, that one out nicely there, Neil. <laughs> I don't want to go too, too, too big. <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, so that coming out and, and after I'm uh, Fulham equalised, I was just really hoping that we didn't lose. And thankfully we didn't lose. We definitely didn't deserve to lose that. But we, I, even... Even when it was 1-0, I didn't think, oh, we've, we've really, really dominated this game. We've had endless chances. And I, couldn't, I could see why Fulham could say that they deserved a draw. I think we edged it. But against 10 men, however good Fulham are, for a whole game, basically, that's not really... You should be putting teams away if you're playing yeah. over 90 minutes with 10 men. I mean, exactly. And we're at home. Our record at home is immaculate. If you do that away, you think, well, our away record isn't great. But yeah. yeah, so we didn't really have a chance after that, I don't think. Mendes did over kick over the bar in the last minute or so. But that was not. That was, that was definitely not a sitter. That was ridiculously hard. But no, so that was a, more than a bit disappointing. And Stan was obviously very frustrated after the game. But we then moved on to uh, Villa, and that was straight away, that was a much better performance. What did you think, Neil, of the first half? I think, um, I think as I mentioned at the start, the mystery of what formation we were going to play, who was going to play where. If we didn't know, then Villa didn't have a bloody clue what was, was going to happen. So to see Pella appear as a, as a false nine, with Barrow and Popper either side of him. Um, you, you're kind of wor worried of how we were going to create, where the, the, the players were going to move to, what what system were we going to deploy, were we going to push Villa hard or were we going to you know try and catch on, on the break with Barrow's pace. There were so many questions and you just really didn't know how it was going to pan out. But we hit the ground running. We, we really kind of got into the tempo of it quite quickly. And I remember there was, there was a bit of an infamous tweet that went around saying we had 246 passes after oh, yeah. half an hour and Villa had 23. And, 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 and it's not an exaggeration by any stretch that Villa did not know what to do with us. And it was really encouraging to see that we could ping the ball about and get into dangerous positions 
albeit we didn't have a striker to come across the ball to. But we seem to have a little bit more intent than we did last season, where we, we would be in similar scenarios, but we didn't have the threat. The threat was always there, and it did just seem a matter of time before we got it. It's a shame we didn't get it before half-time, but I think that Village just didn't really have a sniff beyond one, one chance that... Uh, I think it was Green was was one on one. Yeah, there was the early chance with um, um, he had one on one with Minoni. He yeah. shot straight at him, but that's still good for Minoni. I mean, I saw that he got some a slight, tiny bit of stick after the goal against uh, Fulham, but I don't think he really could have done much about it. No, that. I mean it was the first time I'd really seen Minoni in the flesh, and I was very encouraged by his um, his play with the ball at his feet. Not that he actually had anything to do with the ball in his hands, to be honest. But, <laughs> no. Uh, and the ball in his feet, he didn't have a problem. He was even going around the odd player now and again. Um, so that was really encouraging to see that you've got a goalkeeper that's nice and confident with the ball at his feet. But we could just pass it around with impunity at the back, and it was just nice to see that they didn't feel too pressured by doing it. So it kind of, you know, it released the midfield players to take a good positions. And you had a you know host of players that coming to, to to come and get the ball rather than you know sort of going punting long and ending up going absolutely nowhere. So we could work it from back to front, and I think that's probably what Stam's working at in his slight change of philosophy that he he wants us to be able to get those the ball in that area now where you know Kelly can take it forward or Swift can move into good positions. And Peller himself was coming so deep to come and get the ball. He was twisting Villa's defence inside out. Um, so obviously maybe Peller being, being that, that player who was up top, I'm not sure that was the exact plan from Stan. Uh, but it just turned out that way. But he's saying, it's, it's just, sorry, it's saying that about uh, the defence and how Villa couldn't deal with it. Uh, Stan said after the game, talking about the formations and everything, he said that we were pushing an def- extra defender into midfield and that was creating a, a sort of boss midfield. But Terry and Chester didn't want to come into the no. Villa midfield because no. they knew if they actually did that, they were going to leave a gaping oh, hole. Yeah. And Even though we don't have any recognised strikers on the pitch, mm. they were dominating so much, they had to stay in position, which meant that we were always overloading in midfield. Yeah, and, and they, for some bizarre reason, I have no idea why, Villa played four four two all night. Yeah, and it, I, I can't really think of many. And they didn't really press, play. did they? No, no. I mean, not really at all. Two central midfielders. I mean, Hurain and who's the other chap? Whelan. Whelan was appalling for being, you know, a former Premiership yeah. uh, uh, player. But I don't think he could adapt to it. Hurain was just running around like mad. But he had no impact. There was a player I actually last season would have liked to have seen at Reading. Yeah, but he, I didn't really think. Yeah, he did score the goal, definitely. But Mm. he got totally bossed throughout the game. Yeah, but our midfield was way or completely on top. Our movement was just too much for them. That they didn't know who to pick up where. And you know they they ended up taking off a fullback, putting on another fullback that made absolutely no. <laughs> well, he was just being destroyed by Papa, wasn't he? Yeah, and it's like, well, what are you going to do that's any different? Nothing though. He didn't go forward. He didn't really, you know, close down on Papa anymore. Papa was tiring, but still was effective. Um, it, it just kind of. I don't know if it made us look really good or the fact that Villa were appalling. Yeah, I think we got to bear that in mind. That yeah, we did play well, and we should also. Think we played quite well considering that is half 
of our team out there that are injured oh, yeah, as well sure. at the same time. Yeah. As much as Steve Bruce blamed, uh, not blamed, he said that he was struggling because he didn't have any strikers. Well, I think we'd probably swap. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you can bring on a player like a Doma, who was yeah, uh, a player I'd love to see at Reading, but... I mean, even a, the simple swap that they made in the first half when Hogan went off. Exactly. And Bonne, and Bonne 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 it's just ridiculous. He's, he's, just, he's, he's just, just makes no sense. Kind of pedigree, isn't he? He's and also, like he, is, also, he was saying, oh, I thought Reading, uh, well, I thought um, that we didn't deserve to lose tonight, as in from the Villa perspective. And you think, well, Steve, I know your pressure is, you know, slightly pressured on your job, but that's not the correct view of that match. No. That really isn't. And I try to be f- as fair as I can. But yeah, no, I mean, we bossed that game. I think even the most diehard Villa fan would, would see that they didn't deserve to come out with that. No, with it. I mean, they, they were lucky to, to, to get a goal. To be honest, if we'd scored three or four, it would have probably made a bit of you know better reflection on the game. To be honest, um, but yeah, we, we, again, we give that one away that we you know customarily do. Definitely, uh, just to make those yeah. last few minutes <laughs> worth it, so you don't leave for the car park. Um, but. Well, people uh, still do, though. <laughs> yeah, still do. yeah no, it's, a, it's a vain hope. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get a bit more value for money out of it. And, and, and no, no, no. I, no I don't need that extra <laughs> added value for my ticket. I was going to use another word. No, no. I was, um, I was just, well, when they had that free kick from Hurahan in the last, maybe even in injury time, I thought if they score this, this will feel even worse yeah. than the Fulham match. Even, yeah, obviously, we were 2 0 up. But we were so on top. Mm. That was the big difference. We totally deserved to win that game, and obviously yeah. we did, but it would have been a travesty. Yeah, I mean, you know? considering some of the performances that we we would had in the game, Kelly just seems to be finding a, a level at the moment that he he's almost Gunter-esque in... Not wow, where, where's this going? Where's uh, this going now? Hear me out, hear me out. In consistency, where you know uh, what you're going to get from a player. Okay, yeah. Kelly seems to be reaching that now, mm. where you kind of know, and almost wherever he goes, yeah. he seems to kind of drift out to the right in the first half, and they've got yeah. the central second He's half. He's given almost a free role, isn't he? In yeah. some ways, not completely. <laughs> And you kind of you kind of expect certain things of him now, and he's delivering all the time. Some of the passes he attempts, and they don't always come off, but if you think if one of those comes off in a match, a player yeah. is clean through. And he's starting to add a bit more to his, his repertoire and as you say there's certain passes like he'll he'll, he'll pass between the centre half and the full back at an angle where a lot of our players even Swift would think it's on but mm. do I want to Hesitate. do it Liam doesn't and he just puts his head down passes that ball and if it, if it comes off fantastic but if it doesn't the thought is there you know what he wants to do and he's at least attempting to do it and sometimes it was coming off nicely between him and Barrow. They seem to have a nice... Yeah, definitely. Already. I think maybe with Kelly as well and Swift, we're seeing a role reversal from this point last season. At this point last season, Swift confidence was sky high. And I think Kelly's at that mm. point now. I don't think Swift is you know, terribly out of confidence, but he's not quite got the confidence to yeah. play that pass. He's not totally on it like no, he he's not. was. No, no, um, he, you know, he's, he's definitely not, but he's not playing badly. He's putting a shift yeah, the, in. The effort is, is yeah, definitely there. Yeah. Um, he, di- he didn't look like he went you know, missing by any stretch no. of imagination last night at all. Um, as you can say, the, the effort was there, the, the commitment to be the team player... Um, it was some points when we were 2-0 up he had that little bit of flair mm. um, 
He's got some lovely movement when he's in no. He's got, oh, he's, yeah. he's got no space. He's got three players around yeah, him. Yeah, he, he shows some real, hell. real quality at times. Yeah, he, you just wish he had that little bit more pace and a little bit more physicality. Well, like you said, but that's why he's here, isn't it? Not <laughs> at Burnley. <laughs> yeah, not at Burnley. Um, they want that move though, and if he goes to Burnley now. We're going, I'm very sorry. I'm very we're going to be asking questions. We're going to be asking questions. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's a sudden boy. He'll be fine. But I think, I think the 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 shining light out of all of it was was Barrow though. I think. Yeah, Barrow is my man of the match as well. Yeah, he was. Uh, I didn't expect him to hit the ground running. I thought he'd take a little while to settle into championship level, if you like. Um, but he just seems to have that space and time that we've desired from mm. a forward player. He doesn't seem to be put off by any the physical nature of the championship. He tackles, he tracks back. He doesn't seem to have any sort of prima donna in him at all. Um, I know, albeit his, his goal was a, a little toe poke over the line. So what? Doesn't matter. matter. It's got to be there. That was a lovely goal as well. Oh yeah. The way we worked the corner. We tried that against Fulham and it didn't quite come off. But everyone, I kind of it's gonna go gone miss. That actually we worked a beautiful goal from a corner. Yeah. And the last person who set it up is a centre half. It's very true. Yeah. Who's ever put the ball? It would have been Kelly, Kelly, and then it may be to Swift. I think it was Swift. Might have been Swift, and then he passes it across and then to Moore. It's a a far cry from the era for about 18 months when we used to play the same corner to Alex Pierce at the far post every single game. Or Jake Cooper if he came in. Yeah. He had the extra foot of height. Just launch it in there and just see who jumps, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a breath of fresh air at that. Which... Going back to Barrow, I think that's what he is. Mm. He stretches the opposition. We can put him in positions where he's dangerous because the opposition have to look after him. They can't just leave him out there. Yeah. They're, they're going to have to assign people and it's going to create space. And if we can sign someone else on the other side, and Luco, um, then it, it starts to look as if you've got... That double threat on both sides. If we get a Luku, yes, definitely. Yeah, we can move on to the transfer bit and a bit later. But I think that um, he's got his confidence. He seems to have a very difficult period with Leeds. I mean, that's kind of understandable. And I think um, now he's come in straight away. He's appreciated, and he's yeah. thinking, "Yeah, I've got the crowd on my side straight away." Yeah. Obviously, he knew that we, we were after him and probably after him for quite some time. Mm. So he felt felt the love. Definitely, um, but then he's got to go out there and deliver, hasn't he? And straight yeah, away. Yeah. I mean, we're an easy bunch to impress, to be honest. Yes. You know, a player doesn't have to do an awful lot. And he's, Massa. He's, he's in our <laughs> yeah. bosom forever. He is, yeah. They, they don't have to do too much. <laughs> uh, but he, he's, he's done that. He, you know, he did his half against Gillingham. He didn't seem to think that he was, you know, above playing a. No. Early round of a He seems like game. a team player, which has really surprised me. Yeah, he seems to have a real work rate. You know, I know he's just come in and maybe that will ease up. You never know. But he seems to be all about when he scored the goal afterwards and you see him being interviewed, he says, I'm just happy for the team straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not just about, oh, yes, I wanted to get off to a good start, which would be fine as well. Mm. You know, it's not, not, not a bad thing to be wondering with scoring goals. But. You just see his whole, the way he celebrates the players and his whole work rate for the team mm. and the way he will cover for other players. He'll make runs for other players as well so other players can come in. Mm. 
And he seems to have a reading of the game that we haven't seen for a while in that position that's we don't know if it's going to be consistent yet, but we hope it is. Let's see how he does uh, an away match like Preston. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the trickier side of things, isn't it? Where you've got to be a bit more stoic. You've got to wait for your your chances to come. Um, we just hope, as you say, that he, he can turn it on away from home as well as home. The signs are there. He doesn't he doesn't look as if he's going to struggle in any way. Um, and I don't even think he's fit yet. Um I think he's been looked after. He did look a bit knackered after um, 70 odd minutes or whenever it was he got taken off. Um, but, you know, quite rightly so. He, he he literally did run himself into the ground, I thought. Um, and I think he's, he's, he's happy to be here. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And I thought Clement was uh, good and he's considering he's playing out position. The popper definitely had his best game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Dead by a long way. I mean, yeah, it was a blatantly an own goal, but yeah. you still have to put the cross in. And it just gives the players so much more confidence to come in. Yeah. And they feel like they've contributed straight away and he goes off and he gets clapped off. Yeah, the psychology, I, I, the psychology of that must be immense. Popper seems to be one of those players to me that thrives off off an atmosphere yeah. and 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 that support. Uh, and I don't think we, we we know really what he's about yet because we've we've seen quite little of him really. Um, and we showed he is very much a team player like Barrow is. He's not too selfish. He will look for where the other other players are around him. Um, so that was very encouraging too. I mean. I'm, Obviously, writing him off. I think we need another player on the opposite side. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, you are slightly. You were just saying you were about Luca a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, he he had a great game too. Um, he he tired, but he put in so much to it that it's not surprising. No, nah, it's, it's part of the game there. plan, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's a squad thing. Um, Peller again, as you mentioned uh, before, him starting where he did would have had everyone scratching their heads if you could have put any money on where he was going to play it wouldn't have been there um, and whilst it was a surprise he, he didn't do too bad he didn't play a centre forward role he just created those in- interlinks between yeah. other players yeah he's not he's not a player I'd want to see in that position long term but no, he did he, sure. he did everything that he could he put a proper shift in as I've put up on the uh, Twitter site that he had a really high percentage of passing which is fine which is great you obviously want to see that. Obviously, you always want to think, where was that passing and what did it lead to and what kind of passing? But that's that's a good thing. But here's a question for you. Yeah, go on then. Was that a a design that we were going to play a false nine? Mm. Or was it more of a, a message from Stam saying, I have no options, this is what I've got? He did do it last season, though, against Fulham in the 1-0 win. Yeah, there's a difference between Pella and... McCleary, though, isn't it? Yes, there is a big difference. Yeah, I agree. But what pace? There, there is a big difference. There is a big difference. But maybe you could say he looked at the Aston Villa team, and he knew they wouldn't come out because the Chester and Terry they're not quick players, so they were never going to give us space in behind. So he had a lot of movement. And I'd also say a factor is that Mendes is clearly not fit. And he can't play in two games in a week. Well, let's not go there. Let's not go there. But. He he struggled. Yeah. He struggled with his fitness, and you can only put him out there so many times. It's not fair on him. I think it was a combination of things. It worked, but if we'd had a striker, a proper striker, 
in that position. You'll never know for certain, but I have a feeling that we could have won that game three or four now. Yeah, I think if you if we did have that striker, say Oliveira, the flick-ons for Barrow or Popper or you know Swift, if he was you know, that far advanced mm. up the field, knockdowns in that area. It's it's quite a mouth-watering prospect, really. The, it would be to great. think yeah. you'd you'd almost have the complete championship package right there, um, and we're not not too far away from it. But not too far away from it, it could be nine million quid. So <laughs> yeah, you know, it's either an inch or ten miles, isn't it? What do you think? Do you think it was a message, or do you think it was by design? I, I thought it was a bit of a message because mm. why would you risk that kind of it almost seemed too risky. I'm going against my last comment, really. It almost seems too risky, but the risk was okay at home to make. Um, whether Pella thought, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I'm an Ajax player. I've, I've played in many positions, which is highly likely there. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe our, our understanding of the squad isn't as great as we think. And that versatility is there within them, and they can cope with that. I'd like to think it was a message because the window is, you know, vastly uh, diminished from what it was, and we still haven't got that striker. Stam does these kind of things with the team sheet, and and he puts out these curveballs now and again. It could be absolutely anything, and we'll never know. Um, One thing about Stam and his thoughts about Clement was in pre-season he was asked, will um, Clement be playing as a striker? And he said, no, 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 no. He's a winger. Yeah. So Well, we say he's a winger, but we've seen him in already, I think, three or four positions in, in the mm. few games that we've seen him in. Um, I think this was a situation that he was in. He couldn't play Mendes for a combination of reasons. And I think that he decided that he'd be the best option in that game. Because I think playing Barra up there would have been... It seems weird to think this, but I think Clement's actually stronger than Barra. And I think you don't want to waste him in that position. You would need him out drifting around wide. Yeah, I think... Slightly. I, I agree with you there, then, that Barrow's got that... Well, even a type of player that Barrow is, he's got more threat coming out from wide in than just being in a central area where his, his movement is limited. You'd have to rely on that ball going over the top, like we 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 did with with uh, McCleary and Fulham yeah. last season to to quite a good effect. But with Terry and Chester, that it's too obvious to to, to yeah. you're just going to launch over them. And you can't be launching balls into their area as well, no, which we didn't do for the whole game, really. No, no, no which we knew it's that. It's not stem style. And it, no, it, it's 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 Plan B, isn't it? Yes. Whenever we we've you know gone down that route, it's been when we needed it. I think like I think when Mendes came on last season against Derby, it was a similar thing. Yes. Yes, he saying, did. I think we might have even played four four two in that game for the last few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Think, who knows that that could have been the moment, or yeah, yeah I doubt it. Actually, we probably would have gone three five two, some kind of Euro funk <laughs> system. They would have been going on there definitely. <laughs> I find it hard to believe that we would have done that. No, so he was going on to talk about Gareth Clue. It was really good to see him back and Beerens. So that gives us even more depth. And with McCleary, he missed a uh, he. Made a complete mess of a one-on-one, really. But yeah, I thought he was. I thought he would have thought he was offside. So he kind of had his first touch. Was a bit of a lazy one. 
and then he realised he wasn't offside. It was too late then, and it was in the keeper's arms. But um, yeah, it's it's always good to see Gareth back. You, you do wonder if he's um, as fragile as ever, or he's had enough time off and he's recuperated well, and he's he is properly fit again because. As we saw last season, when he was fit, he was absolutely on fire, and he did a lot of his best work in you know the earlier parts of the season brackets before he signed a contract. Um, so that is very cynical. I know, very very I'm cynical. I'm in that kind of mood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think with McCleary, you could see he had some lovely touches. I mean, he's he's an absolute master of playing that ball into the corner and wasting a few moments away. Yeah, him and Swift had a bit of fun there. Yeah, they, they did. But um, we really good to have him back. Is an option, like you say, his ankles or thighs or whatever it is seem to be made of glass or wool. But having Behrens back, I think Behrens gets a bit too much stick for what he did last season. I think he actually started three quarters of the season. He played quite well. He scored some big goals. Yeah. He scored against uh, Huddersfield and that won us the game. That was against 10 men, so we can do it. We also saw he saw goals against Bristol City as well, and that was maybe New Year's time. Mm. I'm not quite sure. And he scored some other goals as well. And I think he maybe did he score from the rebound against Fulham on the penalty when... Swift maybe missed. There was many rebounds. No, I can't remember if it was penalty. here. I lost count. There were so many of them. That was such a weird season in so many ways. Yeah. But to have them back is an option. I mean, what do you think having Beerens back? Because we can talk about McLeary. Everyone knows Beerens is a bit more of a split one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't got a problem with Beerens. Beerens does what he does. And he frustrates as most wingers do he is an archetypal winger really he'll do something that is magic next minute you wonder if he's ever touched a ball before um he's 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 now a useful squad player mm. given that the kind of depth that we're padding out on 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 the, the on the flanks um is I mean, he a starter now? Um, I don't know. No, I don't think he is at the moment. But you, you never know, Stan. You could suddenly throw in a completely random team selection, which we wouldn't have predicted last night. But mm. I look at having Beerens on the bench, and I think, who would I rather have? Would I rather have Roy Beerens, or would I rather have Yaku Mate? Yeah. Uh, the quality's uh, up straight away. Yeah. Because he's, he's there. He's got the experience. Yeah. He knows what's required of him. And... There is a level of consistency with Roy. You're not going to get a disaster, and you and you're not going to get him turning into, uh, you know, a messy clone. Um, well, yeah, but we've got one of them already, haven't we? Sorry, that's right. <laughs> well, you've got one. Yeah. So yeah, it's Roy's fine. I haven't got a problem with Roy at all. He'll he'll come on and he'll be effective. I'm sure. I did notice in his. 15, 16 minutes on the pitch, he managed to completely shirk one tackle, though. And that is something that Roy Behrens <laughs> really right. does yeah. not like. His Roy, physical Roy contact. No. He's not going to do a Mo Barrow and run the whole you know, length of the field and be beyond going. He run. He run. I've seen him make a few tackles, but yeah, he, he's not that keen on a tackle. He's, he's a bit shy. Doesn't yeah, it, yeah. Like his socks getting ripped. Yeah, 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 yeah. That reminds me of the incident many years ago when uh, Sir Grant Holt got sent off against us, and he just broke the sock of Ian Hart, and he got sent off for that. Now that that was a vicious, vicious attack on his socks. You yeah, know, they don't make socks like that. No, definitely not. Cool. So let's move on to some questions then. So we've had a couple of questions this week about uh, Mr. Vanderberg, and the first one is uh, from Brim Wiltshire. 
Is Van der Berg made to be a scapegoat? Is the midfield more balanced with him as a central defensive midfielder? And we had another one on a similar kind of topic. Joey Van der Berg, does ability off the ball supplement his ability on the ball? I think with Van der Berg, I think... I don't think he has made a scapegoat of really. I mean, there's always a scapegoat, isn't there? We've seen it. Every single team's got one. I think he makes mistakes. And I think if you're genuinely making mistakes, which he has done far more centre-half, I would say, than in midfield. Yeah. I think it's a genuine thing. And I think there's a lot of people that really love Joey. I think a genuine scapegoat, you've got the majority against you. What do you think? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that Joey's a, a scapegoat in any way. It, I think it, it would be. It would be labelled for him for the Fulham game alone, let's say. But if, in isolation, that's understandable. If you take it for the Villa game, he chased a lot of balls down that George wouldn't have done. Definitely. And I, and I think that's safe to say per se, really, that Joey will go in for stuff that most other men would fear to tread. Um, George is, is a bit of a thoroughbred that he looked not to make the mistake and to pass it off. It's to, more cautious. Yeah, which is fine. That, there's nothing wrong with that. But when Joey gets involved, I think it puts obviously a bit more fear in the opposition that we've got someone that you don't mess about with. He will come in and he, he will try and win that ball no matter what. So I don't think that there's a scapegoat um, type attitude with Joey. He is more likely to make more mistakes than anyone, granted. Um, especially a centre-half. Especially That scares me. I mean, that playoff final performance. Yeah, exactly. But when Joey's deployed where he's comfortable, and yeah. even last night we had licence to drift into midfield and close down, um, he can be fearless there, and, and he's got reassurance behind him in McShane and um, more that it's not a problem if that ball goes, you know, bouncing around. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'd like to think he, he's, he's not a scapegoat. I, I don't think that fans have generally got a problem with him. We know his limitations. We know what he's good at. And we know he's got a mistake in him. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, if you look at that one last night when he did give the ball away, straight away last night I thought, oh, He's uh, dropped a bit of a clang here, which then led to Villa having the one-on-one, which actually came from Clement accidentally playing a through ball. Yeah. If you look at it, Liam Kelly actually plays a pretty poor pass to him, but that doesn't get mentioned so much yeah. because Liam Kelly is Liam Kelly and he's, yeah. he's obviously the favourite. So, yeah. so I think he actually he did well to get to that pass last night and he, he actually did an OK job. And I think overall, after the first 15 minutes, I think he warmed up and was... Yeah, he was. He, I say it was a very good performance from him. I, I gave think, him a seven. I think, I think you're three. right. I think that's it with Joey. He, he needs a little bit of time, sometimes yeah. more than most, to 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 get into it. And, and um, we see him when he comes back from injuries. He's the same. He yeah, takes a yeah, few games. Absolutely. Yeah. Some players yeah, yeah, need that. Sure. But yeah. when Joey was rescuing situations last night, you know, quite a few times he'd lost the ball, or someone else had lost the ball. I mean, muscle in and and, and overpower. Um, and that's what Villa couldn't cope with. We had movement everywhere, mm. and we had players that were willing to fight for the ball, and, and they didn't. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't got a problem with, with Joey being in there. Um, 
sometimes you kind of think, well, why does George get in so often more than Van der Berg when Van der Berg is fully fit? Maybe that goes back to Stem's, what we were, I was saying about earlier, his slightly cautious mindset, which we, against Villa, we definitely saw that slightly moving on. Mm. That's what I felt anyway. It was yeah. slightly more adventurous mm. because that was a classic game to play George in last night. We were playing Villa and whatever you say about it, it's slightly always in awe of a team that big coming towards us. And it's just yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. that presence, even though we've been in the league and been in the Premier League and all these things. When you look at Villa's midfield, they had some good players. Mm. But he went on with Van der Berg. It was much... You look at Van der Berg and I think Van der Berg can get eight nines and George is going to get six, seven every week. I don't see George getting many eights creatively. Blocking teams mm. off, which he did against Craney mm. in the semi-finals. He did that brilliantly. Yeah. But, but he, he's almost got more of a man-marking job there. Yeah. Whereas traditionally, he just sits in front of their back four and he's got like a 15-yard radius that he just doesn't move out of and everything is... Six yard pass, ten yard pass. There's, there's nothing over the over the top. He doesn't look for a winger, traditionally. Um, and I think that's where George frustrates me a little bit. And you've almost got like a really good midfielder in there, just trying to get out of his shell. Yeah. But he always thinks today's not the game for me to do that. Yeah. Is that is that from instructions from the manager or is that George? I think that's I think that's George. I mean. I always think that you can coach a player so much, but mentally you're built. And if your mentality is safety, you're never going to have another switch that says, I'm not going to play safe now. Unless, you, you know, you're 1-0 down, down in a massive game and there's nothing else riding on it. But even then, I can't see George doing that. Whereas no. Joey, Joey would probably just bust the football to, to get possession. Um, it's just worrying me slightly when you have those three in midfield so if you have Swift, Kelly and Evans you've not got that player who's going to give you that bit of energy I mean Vandenberg is not a Williams replacement and we don't need a direct replacement for him because you know Danny Williams had some really good games for us but he also had some games when he didn't really realise he was there he's not a guilty Sigerson he is replaceable and you think that is possible but we need that player because we've got Stephen Quinn but he's not quite giving... He's not reliable, sadly. No. Quinn's a good player. I, I adore Quinn as a player. Yeah. He's so um, versatile when he is fit. You can drop in at left back. He can go to midfield. He can make runs from midfield onwards. Um, it's just that fitness he's been suffering with, with his knee. Um, if we can get him fit, he's, he's going to be such a useful player for us. But obviously they're treating him very carefully right now or... He's getting niggles. He, he played, you know, well against uh, Gillingham. Uh, I didn't think he had a, you know, a bad game at all there for his first first game back in an awful long while. Um, and everyone thought he was going to appear on the bench against um, Villa, but he, he didn't surface. So maybe they're they're just going to put him in cup games for now and see how he goes. Maybe they're uh, saying that we can't play him in so many games per week. You know, bring him back very cautiously, yeah. which we've seen from yeah. Sam before with multiple players. Yeah, he's very cautious with them, and and sometimes he brought players back too soon as well. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't be playing uh, Quinn in game after game when he's been out for so long. It'd be no, stupid. No, It'd be madness. We'd all want him back because we we, we know he's he's got such experience, um, but we we just have to be patient. Don't we? 
Indeed, let's hope he does get fit at one point. It would be good to have the ginger maestro back in the team, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the transfers, uh, gossip, news. And also we had an arrival, Mr. Bakuna from Aston yeah. Villa, who I'm sure enjoyed last night far more than he would if he would have stayed at the uh, yeah. I'm sure magnificent have, team um, from Birmingham. He would have rather have got on the field, I think. And, <laughs> yeah, I think um, he would have. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, like you were saying just before we started the recording this, that maybe that actually was a wise thing that he didn't get I the think pitch. so. <laughs> I think as fans, we wanted him to come on, score a worldly free kick and put two fingers up to the Villa fans. And, Six match bad straight away. Yeah, of course, uproar and probably a riot. But um, I think at the time when we made the last substitution, we were 2-0 up mm. and Stan thought, it's just not necessary. No, it's no need. Um, he's no. he's not going to really make a bearing on on the outcome. Hopefully, so just keep that powder dry. Really, um, it would have been nice um, even just to hear the uh, response from the Villa fans. But at two 0 it, it it didn't seem warranted. So what do we think then? Is he what position do you think he's going to be playing? I, I think from yeah again from what Stam says. I mean, he's the man who's going to know, isn't he? First of all, he refers to him as a midfielder and then a right-back, wing-back. Yeah. So I think those are clearly going to be his two areas. And I, I think that this could be possibly slightly bad news for George Evans. I think this is the player he could be replacing. I don't know. I think he's the new Williams. Mm, I don't know. I, but if you were going to drop out a player that was playing on a regular basis now... I think he might be that player who's going to take yeah, that yeah, role. That's, that's and I think he might bring well, a slight change of style. It depends. I mean, if if we're thinking of, as as Vandenberg being fit and not playing at, at mm. centre-back, then you've got a big problem of either you're playing Evans there or you're playing Vandenberg there or Leandro there. Mm. Um, or if you're not playing one of those... Then, if Leandro starts, then you're either dropping Swift or Kelly if Vanderberg in or Swift plays. So, it it's I, I think he's he's going to be based around that area. I don't think he's going to be right back because Gunter's just you know set in stone there. It's good to have some um, cover there, yeah, though. Absolutely, we, we've we got need nothing. to cover there forever. And Watson's injured. Yeah. Uh, but I I I do think he's been signed as the Williams replacement as a body, not necessarily the the, the positional role, mm. because what Williams did was um, unique, let's say. Um, so, so I think that's where he's going to be deployed. I, I don't think he's he's going to be a utility player as such like Quinn is, say. I think Stam has got an idea for him of where he's going to go. Um, I would hope so, Neil. <laughs> I would yeah, kind of... Uh, I'm kind of hoping he didn't find randomly. Played. I mean, Villa seem to play him all over the place. And I, but I think he'll be tied down here. Yeah, anymore. I think that that is what we're going to see. I think he's going to start in midfield. I wouldn't be surprised to see him start on Saturday. Yeah. But he, with the way that, that Swift is, um, I don't want to say struggling, but he's not hit the heights of, of you know where he was last season at some point. Maybe the Swift could drop. Yeah, him, yeah, definitely. That, that could so, be a definite possibility. Um, yeah. Well, we, we've always needed bodies in there. If you, if you, like I mentioned in the last podcast, if you take a few key players out of there for injury and suspension, then 
there's there's nothing from the academy in in those areas so we did need someone whether you can call it the williams replacement directly or not it doesn't really matter um, but I think he'll go there more than he is a fullback. I hope, hope so anyway, because he seems to be a bit more f- mobile um, than some of our midfielders. He's got that free kick in him that we've seen on yes. YouTube. But, you know, YouTube, YouTube. We hope he has. I mean, there'll be people sitting there listening to this wherever they are, maybe on the train, in the car. You know, in let the, us know. In the bath. <laughs> yeah, on a beach, you lucky people. <laughs> Thinking uh, Rinomoto could possibly play that role, but I think we need what we've seen from the policy this year is a definite step up in experience, in championship experience specifically. We don't and want a bench that's bereft. And no, we don't want players who come in who haven't played in this league. Yeah. And that makes it so much easier when they come in. And you also look at him and you think it's a bit like Modo Barry. He's had a, a really dodgy last year, 18 months or so. And he wasn't getting any love from anyone. And he's now a team. When you hope he comes in, I've seen some people saying he could be the new much, which is a little bit scary. I think he's done more than much. I've said that much. He scored two in his debut. Yeah, yeah. he scored one, didn't he? Ipswich, yes, which was a good goal. But yes, that was the day John Nabila scored a screamer as well. Wasn't yeah, yeah. yeah, he scored a few at the end of the season. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's not get sidetracked. Yeah. But yeah, I think Bakuna, I think it's a similar situation. You hope he comes in and makes a, a semi decent start. And then our crowd will get on. Yeah, give him I support. think he, he gives us you know, more movement again. Because certainly from what I understand, I can't recall ever seeing him play. But. He's got a player there that, that's got movement in him. He's not slow. He's not. He's not defensively minded. Um, he, he's he's got that that you know, going forward, pushing the, the play up the field that we've been talking about. Um, it's much more an advanced role than yeah. it is a defensive. It's, it's, traditionally, when he was in uh, Holland originally, he was known as a box to box midfielder, which yeah. would tick all the boxes on it, Danny it, Williams exactly. completely. And, and I think that that's what hopefully. The scouting has dug up that you know that's what he's really good at, mm. not the other places he's been deployed at Villa, um, and he can return to that and and thrive. Yeah, I, I would like to also have that was an interesting choice of T-shirt were for his signing of the dog, slathering. Well, <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, I will never be in the position to sign a contract for Reading Football Club. They've missed <laughs> out. They've missed out. But. You think, oh, would I wear that? Possibly not. But, you know, well, it's fashion. Maybe I don't understand yeah. it. I mean, yeah. it's very, very possible that is the case. So let's move on to uh, Mr. Aluku, the man who enjoys sending out random tweets, which are deliberately mysterious. Nobody understands them. Moving goalposts. Oh, I thought I'd send one out. You know, I'm I didn't really... Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well... Yeah, I, yeah, well, we'll move on from Donald Trump, yeah. <laughs> Aluku, yeah, that's just going on and on and on. He's now saying, we saw reports today from uh, in the Daily Mail saying that he was unsettled and he wanted a new contract or he wanted to see Fulham accepts one of our bids. Who knows how much they were for. What worries me about Aluku is two things. Is A, the fee... And I've seen him play a few times now, and I think he'd struggle to finish his dinner sometimes. <laughs> his final ball 
really scares me for the fee that we're possibly going to pay. Because I saw that Fulham could extend his contract for another year if they wanted to. And that's one of the problems that they won't give him better terms. But why would Fulham not just extend it? Yeah, so he's got a longer if, contract. If the option's there, then, then generally the player hasn't got too much. Yeah, you haven't got any say in it. I don't think so. Already, yeah, I don't know. So. Yeah, I would assume so. Oh, it's it's just it's just dragged on forever. This one hasn't it? And I think as a player, we need the kind uh, of a Luco. Um, there probably isn't that many around of his ilk. I don't know whether the club would be that appreciative of his social media presence right now. And this is what they've signed up for. If if they did push it over the line, I, I don't know. Um, but they, you know, we've heard similar things about Barrett that his end product wasn't that good. Um, um, but yeah, we've we've seen Aluko with our own eyes more than we have Barrow, and yeah, it's that product isn't isn't quite there. But as the recurring theme goes, if you're in this division, you're in it for a reason. Yeah, and you're not playing for Burnley, then it, um, definitely that is, then, that is the pinnacle of football now, as we discovered. Is, we didn't know that about an hour ago, but now we do know. Yeah, well, Chris Woods, he definitely wants to go to Burnley. Wow, so, uh, what yeah, a man! Yeah, wow, he's brave, but you know yeah. he is from the north, so it's understandable. <laughs> well, I went to Burnley once, North New Zealand. I'm probably not returning. <laughs> I know, yeah. but. Aluko, I'd love to know how much we possibly could pay for him. My my own personal thought is that he'd just end up signing a new contract for them. But yeah, but how much would it take to get him? Surely that's going to be seven, eight million. I think that they've probably tried on several fronts. Whether they're going to go for Oliveira, Naki Wells, or Aluko, or. Any combination, and we've got a set amount of money, and if we get one, we won't get the other or the other. Um, so they're just seeing what sticks. Oliveira, I think we'd, we'd love to have that kind of player in, but we might have gone for a Luco because he's cheaper and possibly easier to negotiate with for them out. They don't I'm sound that easy. <laughs> they don't sound I, that I, easy I'm to negotiate really with Nubia Club. But but Nelson Oliveira, we move on to, I mean, a Luco, we just don't know. We have to no. wait and see on that. We don't know on any of them. but. At least, I mean, one of them from last week that we thought might be a possibility, Lewis Baker, that's done. He's gone to Middlesbrough. I think he would have been a good signing, but I don't feel that that's a disaster situation. I think that, yeah, I think we've got other players who can do that role. But Nelson Oliveira, if I could sign any player that we've been supposedly linked with, and Yapstam has openly talked about him. Mm. So if you're going to say for a source, for a transfer rumour... Yeah. Yapstam is a pretty good one. Yeah. He has definitely not dismissed it. I mean, you could talk about Yapstam and his behaviour during the transfer window. I think uh, a lot of clubs won't be happy. And I think there might be a few comments after the window shut from different clubs about some of the things yeah, he said. It's, it's certainly different from the way we've, we've had um, the manager talk about targets before. That, that's, that's clear. Um, as you say, we definitely want Oliveira. There's, there's no secret in that. Certain sources say that we're still trying to negotiate somehow. Um, whether Nelson's antics on the field help that or hinder that, 
We don't know. Um, well, he's starting tonight. So that, does, that doesn't really mean anything, though, does no. it? It doesn't mean he's not going to sign. I mean, I, yeah, again, I don't think he's going to sign for us, but I mean, I'd love to see it happen. Yeah. But my, a big part of me just thinks we're going to put in a huge bid for an Estonian striker <laughs> that we've never heard of. That's, that's the massive risk as the yeah. window diminishes, is that we've, we're trying and trying and trying to, to sign him. Um, but if we can't, then we've got to at some point accept it and move on and say, okay, we're not going to get that guy. We're going to have to look elsewhere. Who's on the list? And can we get that guy in relatively quickly? Because the winner is is going to shout. Well, there seems to be some suggestion that actually Norwich had agreed a fee and then Fark changed his mind. Now, the situation, just as a complete outsider, not knowing the insides of Norwich City Football Club, is that... Fark seems to be not quite sure what he wants to do. Now, that could be related to a multiple things. That could be uh, he wants to get another player in and he can't quite get that player in. It could be also that uh, Oliveira's behaviour on the first day didn't help the situation at all because yeah. then he had to drop him, really. You mm. could not play a player, player after that. I mean, I don't have any problem with it. if he was to come to us. It wouldn't be, oh, that's a terrible situation. But I think there's different layers of the situation that we just can't see. And we could be much closer than we realise mm. to signing him, but we could be a million miles away. Yeah. <laughs> this is the problem. It's the same with every transfer. I mean, a lot of our transfers that have, that have happened, we don't know until about two days before when the, the, that name gets mentioned. For the very first time, we think, well, where does this come from? Before we know it, he, he's in. Um, a lot of times when transfers drag on we don't get them yeah. and this is another one that just looks like we, we won't get him because it's just gone on too long it, it would take something you know outrageous for us to, to get him in, in you know Norwich to change your mindset I mean they've got the money from Murphy mm. they don't necessarily need to sell for money yeah definitely um, and why would Norwich I, what I don't understand is I mean, she, you, you very rarely see a team in any league sell to a competitor in the top two leagues. Maybe you see that more on the bottom two leagues. Mm. But why would Norwich and Fulham want to sell a player no. to us? I, I can only think that we've... One of their been, key players as well. Yeah, I, I just think we've been belligerent and Brian Tevedon has, has been, you know, really going at it with these mm. two clubs. He, well, they must saying, believe that he can do it. Yeah, I mean, must. he must have good good contacts with the agents and the saying, well, there's interest from the player, the player's really keen to come, the terms seem to be quite good, but we just can't do it with the club. And, you know, there must be conversations like that for every transfer, of course, but for some reason, we don't want to let go of these two, two prospects. Um, maybe our talent pool of scouting is, is thin. Um... And there's nothing else out there that we could we can afford for the level of player that we're after. And we're not after squad fillers anymore. We're after players that are going to fit in and actually propel us up the table. There's, there's no bugs about it. Yeah, if you look at those two players, you're looking at players that have come straight into the team. I think maybe what we're all perhaps missing here, the people that are actually, the person that's actually driving this is, is Yapstam. And he's yeah, saying, yeah. I want you to persist yeah. as much and right until the end with both yeah. these players. Yeah. And whatever it takes, within reason, obviously. Yeah. We need to keep going, keep going. Because not only do we keep going with it, the player knows 
that we are persisting yeah, with them and that's vital before, we see that all the time yeah more than ever before that you know the, the players are well aware of what's going on on social media um, we're more aware of the transfer rumors we know more about our layers of communication that we've got between um, yap and brian and brian and, and ron all these kind of things now we're all really kind of well aware of we, we don't know anything about the negotiations of course that's that's a you know a realm of fantasy that we will never get involved know. with, which is damn shit. I don't think we'd want to know though. Oh, I, I could be ugly. I, no, I think it could be ugly. Um, I think it could be quite ugly. Oh yeah, but it'd be like a fantastic soap opera, wouldn't it? Maybe those, yeah. those, those telephone calls late at night. Give us some fire. <laughs> give us some. Well, if anyone would know about the weird phone calls and everything that happens, that'd be Jacob. He's been there. Mr. Smith, well, South Klein, he, he knows all about the it, weird phone It may phone calls. all come down to Bushwatch. <laughs> it could all. It may all come down to Bushwatch. Whether there's any signings or not, Jacob yeah. will deliver with entertainment. Well, just the way he is. He's, a, he's, he's just a man, funny man. Isn't it? Yeah, he he's is. Man. He's, uh, so, find out. Well, I think we're both saying if we could pick any player out of those two, and they could be. I still feel there's a kind of a, almost a sleeper somewhere that we know nothing about, mm. and it's going to come out of the bag. Which. Who knows who it be? It could be someone really good. But if you had to choose between Oliveira, who I think would definitely cost more, or Luca, which one would you want? Oh, Oliveira. It's got to be, hasn't it? He's the goal scorer. He scored against us. Um, he, he just looks like perfect for this for this level, and I think mm. he'll complement our squad. I think I think Aluko is, is basically another Barrow. Yeah. Um, McCleary. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can pick a few names that yeah. we, we've got, but they're similar types. Maybe we've we've got Baron because we we've given up on Aluko, and it just seems to be a story that's running and running. Yeah. Um, but if if another striker comes out of of nowhere, you'd almost think it would be a a second place thing. Well, it's, it would be, wouldn't it? Now it's the. Uh, but that doesn't mean it'd be a bad signing. No. Because no. you never know until you sign a player. I mean, it, it, I saw that we were linked with someone from maybe some player striker in Ireland, and I thought, hang on, has Nicky Hammond come back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, no. Clearly, that is everyone gets reminded. We of, scout so of, many uh, players. I don't think, and of course, yeah. there's been real strange whispers about Shane Long as well. I don't um, believe any of that. No, no. <laughs> I believe I mean, any of that. Certain things do tie up that he's, he's still locally based. He's 30 now. He's, he's not got the same... Um... You're not going to convince me now. You're not no, going to convince me. I, I, would, I, would, I would love to see it. Maybe. Who would you rather have? Shane Long or, or Oliveira? Oh, now you're talking. Because um, a quick decision. Which one? Oliveira. Oliveira, yeah, I think I would as well. Because... Uh, Often, and I probably say it way too much, I will say you should never go back. No. Um, Didn't take that fans, to a song about Fans that. love it, but um, <laughs> I'm never keen. No. No, no, I'm not. We've seen a few uh, disastrous... Uh, well, yeah, disastrous, basically. We had uh, Glenn Little, who was not quite the same player. He never had pace, but... He was almost going backwards <laughs> when he came back. Never say anything disparaging. Dave, oh, I love Claire Little. Great player, one of our best ever players. But in a second spell, it didn't quite work out. No. We also had a much worse team, so that's also worth saying. And uh, Kitson, although he did score a fantastic goal at Doncaster when I was there. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a memory. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he wasn't quite the same. And then we had Brian McDermott, but we should move on. Oh, yeah, let's not go there. Let's not go there. You can't, can't end <laughs> no, on Brian. No, no. I know there's a lot of people that like him, but that second spell was 
horrible. Absolutely. Wow, that was nasty. Summed nasty, nasty. One word. Diamond. Oh. <laughs> I'm almost sweating. <laughs> Just thinking about it. Oh. oh, dear. Don't do that to me. No. So, yeah. So, move on to the team uh, um, for Saturday against Preston. That's going to be a really tough game. We have a really bad record there. Yeah. I think we play virtually the same team. Maybe Mendes would come in. Obviously, uh, if we sign a player, which is not impossible, they've still got time. But I can't really see you make many changes to that team. No, not really. Not really. I think, obviously, Yap's wanting a bit of stability now in, in, the, in the squads that he he's going to pick. Um, players are coming back, so he's got options. Obviously, he's not going to really start with McCleary or Behrens, I would imagine. Um, maybe Quinn would have a place in the bench if he's fit, but that's unlikely. So yeah, I, th- I think we're, we're talking much the same. Yeah, really. He I mean, might, you can he see might want to bring Laurie back in possibly, yeah. but um, it's really it's good to have all these options all of a sudden because yeah. at the start of the season it looked like we had no players left and no. taking your boots to the game and that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, and sure. all the academy academy players were probably a bit excited, yeah. thinking they were getting games, but now. Yeah. You need those experienced players. I mean, Preston's going to be really tough. I mean, if I was to make a prediction, I'd say we were going to lose that game. Yeah. I just got that feeling. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. be like a... Well, who knows? Like last season, we, we were thinking, we need a win here. We're probably going to squeak it and we get absolutely battered. That was um, an important day for you, that one, Neil, wasn't it? You had a bit of a... Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a... <laughs> had a super tantrum yeah. that one. Yeah. It bit, bit me badly, but um, it's, it's what we're, we're capable of. We, we know we've still got that. What well, we saw at QPR. Yeah, it was a really? very similar kind of performance yeah. where we just don't turn up. But after the win that we've had against Villa, I can't imagine Stam's going to want to you know, radically change the squad because there's no need. Um, hopefully the players that played were are still fit. Um, we've had no other reports of injuries so far, I don't think. Bakuna's available. He's had some more training time with the squad. Yeah, maybe it's um, one of those classic games when you're going to see George maybe come in for Vanderberg because he's a bit more cautious. That would be quite stam. Yeah. But but it does reduce the tempo down a bit. It does. And one of I know the it key does, things yeah. last night was the tempo was there I agree. from the start. I tell you, I, I'm not saying I would do that, but he might do that. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, sadly, Neil, I'm not the one who picks the team. No. <laughs> and as you say with Sam who does pick the team he can throw in another curveball in time yeah, you don't know you just don't know he could chuck Renamota in there for all we know and, uh, I think that is a curveball now oh yeah <laughs> but then again Pella as a false nine last night Come yeah on. yeah no I agree no that was that was a curveball I, I wouldn't be totally surprised I think he might play McCleary up front instead of Clement I think he might just do it I don't think he'll start with him I think he might. I just got a feeling. We'll wait and see. Mm. I've, I really thought Clement would play the other day, but I, I put him as a fullback. I did not put him as a striker. No way. Yeah. He, he's just a, a player that's versatile. That can play all over. He doesn't. Mm. He doesn't uh, fit into a typical box that you think a player no. would fit into in the same way. You are X. Um, he can he can play in you know multiple positions and and look look pretty decent in them. Definitely, which is uh, great. Which great. is going to be a fantastic asset for us. I mean, I've mm. read a few things where they kind of don't see what it is that we're getting at, Clement. But mm. I certainly see his versatility, and he doesn't shirk anything. No, no, he's a team player. No, I'd be interested to see what the team he plays. I mean, Bakuna come in. We're just uh, we just don't know. I mean, oh, Mendes. 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, when you look at the, the way that we played at Preston last season, we just got rolled over. Yeah. Just got completely rolled over. So we need to have a bit more strength and we just need to get that first goal. We just need to get that first goal away from home. If we get the first goal, we're a totally different team away from yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. We very rarely roll over mm. when we get that goal. But when we concede early on, well, not even early, mm. we just... I think sometimes when you... We just don't seem... You can tell straight away, we're just not there. It's it's almost that we had one level of pace yeah. this season away from home. And when we got the goal, then that confidence rises and the players can pass the ball around and feel a bit more confident. But when we went a goal down, then it just seemed as if we went into second gear and just couldn't get out. Mm. But now we've got you know a few more quicker players. Um, that mentality, hopefully, of pinging the ball about forward a bit quicker um, seems to be being employed so you know, it could be a different story away from home um, okay QPR wasn't a good exponent of that but we were first game of the we, season we were, yeah, it, it, yeah first game of the season is, is total lottery but mm-hmm. Stan's going to want to get consistency now from from the team selection that he's got um, so hopefully we'll have you know, less than three changes, hopefully. For yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I wouldn't really change too much the team. So what do you, what's your prediction then, if you're going to make a prediction? Oh, I think we'll probably get beaten. Um, I agree. Not, what are you going to say? Badly. I, I think probably 1-0. Yeah, I'm going to say 2-1. I think we'll get yeah. a goal, but I think we'll lose. Well, I, hopefully we're both wrong. Yep. Hopefully. I think it's just a case of this this team learning how to play away from home because the system is going to be slightly different, the players are going to be slightly different, and they're going to need a few away games to adapt. And it's just, I always think we're going to lose away games almost exclusively. <laughs> Which we clearly didn't lose all our away games no, last no, season. It shocked me more often than not, but sometimes, like the Preston yeah. in our season, it just boomed. You could almost us. see that one coming now. Yeah, we've yeah. Yeah, that was maybe that was actually a turning point. But yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks a lot for listening, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Let us know uh, via the Twitter site and retweet, like until your life depends on it. So uh, thanks a lot, then. Cheers. Cheers, guys.